Rebound. 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 Hello, Brooklyn. This is the Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, episode 91. It's the Drew Carey League edition. All right. Uh, yeah, it's your boy, Padre, over here. Episode 91, the return of Curry and plus the Cavs layoff equals no fun. Oh, your boy, Drew. Hitting up, hitting up some rhymes. Uh, now, it's, as I usually do, but what is this Drew Carey League business you're mentioning? So, Drew Carey, you know who that is, right? Yeah, he's, he's a, a famous person from my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Right. Uh, he also hosted The Prices, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Does he still do that, I think? I think so. Yeah. yeah. What else is he going to be doing? Um, and uh, you know what the Drew League is? It's a bas- pro-am basketball tournament, right? I never heard. I didn't know what that what that is. A pro amateur basketball tournament. Yeah, uh, a pro amateur basketball tournament where Durant scored, I think, fifty points in one game. Westbrook goes there. Harden goes there. A whole bunch of people uh, show up, and then they have all these wannabes—not wannabes, but like good players that never made it to the NBA. And it's really cool. It's just there's actually a documentary. Baron Davis and Steve Nash uh, are doing. I think it's a thirty for thirty or Vice about the program and how crazy it is is in la every year so oh, cool. it's an outdoor league so that's why it's a shoe carry league because the Cavs won uh and right now they're like looking like the front runners uh for the title so it's a little homage <laughs> it's quite a stretch but okay <laughs> well i mean they got the most rest right now and they swept the most teams um so i'm not disputing that no yeah the Cavs. but yeah like i said in my run the layoff just sucks. Like, basically, they swept the first round, then it was, like, a week off. Swept round two, and right now we're in the second week off. Like, I want to watch some Cavs ball. And, uh, yeah, not the Warriors. Well, I don't have to watch the Warriors now either. They finished it up yesterday, but. I I think I think you're being a little um, selfish with your viewership of the Cavs when the Cavs probably need this rest to, in order to not get injured and beat that's well yeah hopefully there'll be no injuries like so far they're one of the i got a knock on all types of wood right now unlike last year they're one of the least injured teams are the best part right now unlike some other teams here i know mm-hmm. we'll get into injuries but uh well speaking of injuries uh we gotta let, just get into it now yeah i mean well we we mentioned the sweep your sweep of the of the hawks the Cavs sweep the hawks yep. means that brooklyn has some news to finally announce uh coach kenny all right right Coach Kenny will be having his press conference on Monday. I don't know if it's going to be at the training center um, or the Barclays Center, but I'm going to try to sneak a ticket in there with some credentials. So they have ticket. That's not a ticketed event. A pre- you need a, press credentials. You need press credentials. Right. Yeah. You think you can get that in for Brooklyn Rebound Podcast? Hey. Or are you going to make something up? Uh, no. I, what do you make something up? We never make stuff up. Everything's authentic on this show. On this show, but this is real life you're talking about. Like you're going to pretend you work for Nets Daily or something. I don't know. Well, I don't think I have to pretend. I mean, we've been doing this podcast. We're the longest-running Brooklyn Nets podcast in history. Right. Did you, did you know that? I, I guess I did. I mean, since I've joined the show, I kind of try to steer things away from Nets talk, if listeners may have noticed, because I like my Cavs. I like – and the Nets, you know, aren't the most interesting topic to me personally, Pod Drew, but Pod Nam, I guess that's true. We are the longest-running Nets, so we deserve these credentials. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Hopefully it, they don't listen to what I just said, that I don't like the Nets. <laughs> well, no, no, you didn't say you don't care. You said you don't care for the Nets. You didn't say you don't like the Nets. 
Well, that's true. I, d- I don't dislike the Nets, you know, right. but uh, this season is, was pretty tough to try to stay involved with it all as a non-fan, you know, as well, it's not my team. as a fan or a non-fan, I think it was bad for New York basketball in general. But um, with that being said, I'll definitely keep – well, I'll, I'll look out to see if I can make it there. Uh, my schedule's kind of full, so we'll see. Oh, okay. So, Padnam, if you do make it there yeah. and you do get in, what and you got to ask – Brand new coach Atkinson, a question. What would your question be if you had one, only one? Coach Kenny, uh, what players are you going to uh, help develop on Nets' current rosters? What do you think is the player that has the most potential currently on the Nets roster? So you're trying to figure out who he's going to get rid of, who he might want to retain. Without, without, yeah, without asking him transactionally because he could just say that. But like an open-ended question like that would be he would name the player and then describe why. Uh, at least I would think so. Um, maybe he won't hear me. Maybe I'll be all the way in the back and I'll have to scream or something. I don't know. So you don't think he's? I mean, that would be a good question. But uh, you don't think he's going to be a Popovich type of guy or other coaches like that where they try to evade all the answers, you know, just give you something generic or just something like that he's not going to reveal that to you? No, he's going to he's gonna have to have a, a good personality, put on like a good like uh, – maybe not a good personality, but like something where he's vocal because John Marks hired this guy to take over for the Nets. It's not like he's hiring a loof to just mail it in, right? Uh, <laughs> not saying Popovich is a loof. But he can do that because he's he's got the championships, right? He's got the pedigree to do say shit, whatever the way. Right, right. Kenny can't Kenny can't get away with that. He can't know? he can't do that yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of coaches, do we want to talk about this other coaching uh, carousel or whatever you want to call it going around? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm calling it the coaching Cameron. Uh, in retrospect okay. to Killer Cam of the Diplomats. Uh, so Cameron from Dipset, okay. So yeah, so Killer Cam has been uh, uh, basically pointing at coaches and they're getting fired or hired. So Cam has all this power, uh, and he's right now. There's been a couple uh, let goes. Shockingly, uh, I would say I'll, I'll read off the first shocking thing. Frank Vogel is not Killer Cam, Killer Cam, Killer Frank. All right. Yeah, kill, killed Frank. Uh, Vogel is no longer going to be the coach of the Patriots. Although he wasn't fired, he just wasn't picked up. As an option. Essentially the same thing. Um, But yeah, okay, so this is a little surprising. I mean, I guess it's not surprising in lieu of how Larry Bird operates and how they've disappointed in the playoffs this year and I guess recently. But overall, Vogel is considered to be one of the best coaches, I know, by a lot of so-called experts or whatever maybe, but considered to be one of the best coaches in the NBA. From what I saw... I read up a little bit from some – in the playoffs this year, Pacers fans were unhappy with his rotations and things he was doing. So maybe some of the fans themselves were calling for his head but because of that. But overall, he seems to have a reputation as being one of the better coaches in the league. So it is kind of a surprise. Like, I do think a lot of other teams are going to want to look to, to pick him up, uh, his services, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Frank Vogel uh, has worked his way up as an assistant coach. He's been under, like I think, the – Jim O'Brien's, the Van Gundy's, the like a whole bunch of good coaches, uh, basically the Pat Riley tree, um, what I would call it. Um, and that tree uh, definitely has made a lot of coaches uh, basically known and uh, progressed to a head coaching position. And as he brought these Pacers to two Eastern Conference finals, uh, I think, were they up on the heat at any point um, during those conference finals? Like a couple wins away from the uh, championship, three two, I, I think. 
So maybe one year. I mean, those, maybe they're up to one. I think at one point. Um, but you know, when th- those are the years when LeBron was on the Heat. When I was, I did watch it, but I wasn't like that focused on it because it was too depressing for me. So I'm, the, I'm not the best person to ask about that in memory wise. But I feel like they must have been up at some point. Yeah, and, and at least one of the years. And considering what Frank Vogel did with this young team. I get it. I get it. Like you want to change, but like it's they were seventh seed and they almost knocked out or seventh or sixth. They were almost knocked out the Raptors. You know, like I mean, yeah. they they should so, they should give him an extension instead of firing him. But he'll definitely be hired by uh, the Rockets or some other team. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Grizzlies. Okay. Um, do you think it maybe it did have to do with about it his not being picked up? It wasn't our disagreement between him and Larry Bird. Like, Bird wanted him to... I think there's something with Paul George where, position-wise, Bird wanted him to go to this position, and then, uh, you know, um, Vogel disagreed, and that's kind of what happened, too. Or Vogel couldn't make it happen. Maybe Paul George was just... Or he tried to make it work. Yeah, he didn't right. disagree saying right. he won't do it, but right. it just didn't fit his scheme well, you know. It, it's because Paul George was too busy setting out too many uh, nude pics of himself everywhere. <laughs> maybe that was his ammunition back he's like if you put me a power forward uh vogel i'm gonna send you a dick pic tonight and you're gonna have to tell your wife that me and him are sleeping together <laughs> yeah well <laughs> uh so, i don't know what um what uh is the who's next on the coaching cameron so uh well dave yeager got uh he got he didn't get killed he got uh thrilled thrilled maybe i don't know uh he so what happened here so a lot of weird coaching things going on actually this offseason so far it's not even the offseason you got both but yeah but in this situation he did technically get fired as well but it's because and he was considered one of the best coaches i haven't had him as one of the coach my picks for coach of the year considering he dragged that grizzlies team to the playoffs when Everyone was injured on it and it was ridiculous 40 different starting lineups first time most ever i think yeah so So, um, but what happened there apparently was he kept for the past couple of years or he kept trying to asking them ownership to interview with other jobs and he did it again this year. So they're just like, all right, we're just going to fire you. Like, you, can't, <laughs> you clearly don't want to coach here. So you're right. done. Right. And apparently he's taking the Kings job. Is that confirmed? Yeah, that's confirmed. Uh, Vladi Divox. Now that uh, I don't get it quite, but I mean. What, what don't you get about it? Well, I mean, from his perspective, why does he want to go coach the Kings of all teams? Well, um, well, the Kings are definitely a hot mess, but they do yeah. have they have DeMarcus Cousins, and he is pretty good with. I think Dave Yeager has worked with big guys pretty traditionally. He's going to try to to give him the Zach Randolph type of turnaround and I Marcus All. Yeah, I mean him and Dave Yeager has been on the Grizzlies uh, organization for like seven eight years under Lionel Hollins as an right. assistant. So. Um, so it's not like he doesn't, he didn't know how to work with these big guys. He's working with them as well when Lionel Hollins was as well. And like seven or eight years ago is around the time that Randolph really kind of turned his career around a bit and Mm -hmm. became one of the more dominant big men. Now that's a little bit over too. So I can see why he wants to, I guess I see why he wants to leave the Grizzlies, even though, you know, I don't, Oh, that ship is sinking. But I just don't get the, I see what you mean about the big man. There's some talent, but. Well, I feel like there could have been better landing spots for Jaeger. I don't know. Agreed, agreed. Maybe he just, but he maybe he just wanted to secure a job before all the other ones get filled up, right? Because there's only so many openings right now. Um, but the main thing is you got to keep in mind: Marcus Sol and Mike Conley are free agents this summer. Uh, Marcus Sol has been rumored to go to San Antonio, replace Tim Duncan there. Conley, oh, Jesus. Con- Conley's been rumored to go everywhere. 
including Brooklyn as well. Um, so oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, so we'll see uh, if if that team is sinking already, which it kind of is. Um, the best two players on the team during the playoffs are Vince Carter and Matt Barnes. So you can't really yeah. leave, leave a chance. I mean, they had no chance. But right. So that's it's a, impressive that they got there. Yeah, it's a smart move by Dave Yeager, I think, uh, to keep on asking to leave because he knew he saw right. the writing on the wall. So, uh, so that was that one. And then another. This is probably the weirdest one, I think. Um, today, this broke news today. Scott Skiles resigned as coach of the Magic, uh, completely unexpectedly. No one knows why. I guess. I mean, like he. His own players were very confused and upset. I, Evan Fournier tweeted out today, all caps, what, space, the, space, fuck, and just tweeted that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was not expected. Um, Did he say I, it in a French accent on that tweet, Evan Fournier? What I didn't fuck? read it as that, but maybe it was. What is it, fuck? I mean, I, I think he probably could have done French. What is what in French? K? Uh, uh, Spanish. No, that's uh, uh, key. No, that's what? Key? key. Uh, I don't know. I think. Kifuk. Kifuk. How, do you, say, how Fouk. do you say fuck in, in French? Fuk? Is it fuk? No, that's like saying it with an Irish accent or something. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuk? Um, but e- either way, what do you think? I mean, I don't. I was trying to read up on this because it, it literally just happened this morning as we record this. But And he gave a statement and everything, but it didn't really explain why. Why do you think this happened? Well, um, I was reading a little bit more into details, and it doesn't say why he resigned. He just kept it professional. Uh, and just wrote a letter saying, you know, I feel like this is the best move for me. Right, that's what uh, I was alluding to. Um, but uh, it does show that um, there is a lot of things where when they're meeting up with draft prospects before the combine, like a couple college players, the Magic have a couple, I think they have one or two picks in the first round, or maybe one. Um, Scott Scalise was not on this committee to meet with these players. His assistant coach, Adrian Griffin, was, and, like, uh, Hennigan, the GM. So I don't know what if there's a coup uh, against him already, um, but why wouldn't you have your head coach, you know, interview draft prospects uh, if, you know, if he's your head coach? Uh, so if that's going on, why are they trying to force him out that way? Or what's going on there? Like, he, he seemed to do a pretty good job this year. I mean, what's... I think this is what I think it is, and this is just speculation on my part, but I'll, I'll also say that there's a credible source on the side. Uh, why not throw okay. that in there? Um, I think it's because Hennigan is kind of on the the axe coming. You know, He's been the GM for a while. They've been collecting draft picks. They made a couple moves to Tobias Harris, uh, got a couple exchange parts here, but they still haven't made the playoffs. This is the year they were supposed to make the playoffs. Didn't happen. So if Dave Yeager is going to uh, not Dave Yeager, if Hennigan's going to be Rob Hennigan is going to be gone, he's going to find the best uh, coach to coach his team right now, and he thinks maybe Adrian Griffin is that guy, not Scott Skiles. So hmm. uh, all right, well that makes a little sense then, but I, I don't think that's yeah, I don't think that's going to work. I thought Skiles had them in, in decent shape this year. Like they could maybe make the playoffs next year. I think they would. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yes, yeah, this doesn't. I don't think that's going to work. I mean, uh, Hennigan's. Or maybe, maybe it's a Dwight Howard move. Everything's preparing for Dwight Howard to come back to the Magic. To come back to the Magic. I'm pretty sure that is definitely not happening. And they're going to hire a coach that can only speak to Dwight Howard, like Patrick Ewing or something like that. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. All right. Well, we'll see. Anything else for coaching, Cameron? Uh, real quick. Uh, so we mentioned coaching Cameron, the, the Grizzlies fired, but it looks like Hon- Lionel Hollins could be in the running to return, former Nets coach. The Grizzlies, which I think that would be a good story. I don't think he'll do much with that team, but 
I think that'll be cool for him to yeah, have. Interesting. Yeah, when, I guess when he left the Grizzlies or whatever, um, he was fired by them, right? He wasn't fired. I or, mean, yeah, yeah essentially fired. He wasn't picked up again. Yeah, so. Same thing as the uh, as the Vogel. All right, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that would be fine. Why not go back there? Obviously, it didn't work out for him at all on the Nets, and it's not like the Grizzlies have anything else great coming in right now, most no. likely. No. Most of their stars are going to be gone. The team's going to be in rebuild mode, basically. I think they're going to be back in on the back end of like lottery picks for the next two to three years. It's kind of like maybe the Nets will be, depending on what they do in the offseason with the free agency. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of things will happen then. But speaking of, let's transition into the other major NBA news, which you avoided, uh, I think, on purpose. Two-time uh, MVP Stephen Curry was announced unanimously, first time in... I don't know, 41 years or something like that. Um, something ridiculous. Wait, first time what? That he was, a that un- was unanimous. Got it. Yeah. That was the first time ever that was unanimous, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw something about this, though, and I've been, I've been avoiding this. What I was avoiding was watching like the, the big Steph Curry highlights from the past couple games that he's been back. But the MVP, I knew he was going to get it. I'm not surprised it's unanimous. Uh, I think it's deserved. Fine. He, he deserved to be the MVP this year. But um, what I heard was, though, in the – it, this is the first year also, I believe, the first year where people have to reveal what they're picking. It's not anonymous at all. So everyone's so so knowing that everyone knew if they made another pick, people would know about it. So therefore, they're like, all right, we have to go with the uh, Curry because he's technically sh- definitely should be it. So no one, in the past, there's always been some dissenters, especially maybe reporters or different people that um, work for teams where a person they want instead, things like that, you know. Right, so, right. So it makes sense, right? So the trans- you're saying the transparency of the, the change of the transparency this year for the writers, contributors to the NBA to vote for the MVP, um, their name would be associated to that vote, which is, uh, which is would prevent anyone from like putting in a like a random yeah. vote just because they have a grudge against a LeBron, or a grudge against a Steph Curry, or whatever it may be, right? Like right. So so if you try to put, if you had a vote uh, and you you put in like your boy. Uh, Bogdanovich or something, Bobo. Bobo, yeah, I would totally put Bobo in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, even you ought to do something that crazy. But what was your example going to be? Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you didn't cut me off because um, the one thing, the only person I was thinking that may have a grudge against Steph Curry is your boy Brian Windhorse when he asked, uh, "Why is Riley Curry up here? We got jobs to do." And then uh, Steph Curry, Windhorse, not my boy. He's not your boy. I mean, he's no. he's from Screw he's him. from the area, right? Yeah, but he left to to chase LeBron everywhere. He went down to Miami. Was that a smart and move? Just, no, I'm sure it was for his career, but uh, you know, I, I don't can't respect him too much. Um, but okay, so Curry. I mean, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about Curry there? I mean, should we get into that uh, that series? I mean, yeah. Let's, or so let's yeah let's go into that. Um, I, one thing before that, did you see that? I, mean, I don't know if you actually watched the presentation, but it's been covered all over social media. The awkward uh, miss handshake by. Adam Silver and Steph Curry, when Steph, when Adam Silver was announcing, here's your, you know, proud to announce you as MVP, here you go. I didn't see this. Steph no. Curry was going in for the high five and the, or a handshake, and then and then Adam Silver just took the mic and just went to the trophy, totally avoided him. Steph Curry's like, <laughs> like, ah, I don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah so That's uh, good. I like that. No, the only thing I saw, I saw his little daughter doing the finger guns, the pointing and all that. Eyes, I mean, it's cute, but, you know, yeah, I, I'm not a wind horse. I like that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, so getting into that, I mean, what we have, uh, what we did on the last podcast, we had eulogies, right? That, that was your thing. Yeah. Yeah. We for got the it. fallen teams from round one. Now we got some round two 
uh, you know, fallouts. Yeah, so, I mean, we gotta we didn't even finish these eulogies for the round one because we were on last week. But let's do it real quick. Hornets, um, you know, they, they fought hard. They were up 3-2. Sorry, Kemba. Sorry, all Jeremy's. Um, you just couldn't pull it through. I think it's because... <laughs> all Jeremy's. All Jeremy's. I think it's because too much Frank the Tank. Too much Tyler Zeller. You can't be having all that um, up in the front court. Yeah, the Hornets really blew it too, and they they um you know they they won against my stat or they took the twenty percent. Remember my stat from last time mm-hmm. when a team gets up three two in an NBA playoff series, they win eighty percent of the time. Well, the old Hornets just had to fall into that twenty percent and lose to the Heat, and um, you know make my my stat look bad. So. I don't appreciate them for that, but they had a good season, better than expected, obviously. Yeah, and I think I think this might be the season that finally Pat Ewing gets a head coaching gig because of the Hornets' success a little bit. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, R.I.P. Kemba uh, season, R.I.P. Jeremy Lin as a Hornet. He's going to be a Brooklyn Net soon. So uh, and you're certain on that because I think he he came out and said he really enjoyed playing for the Hornets, his favorite team ever, or something like that. Yeah, but just he's words, all, words are wind. It's just words on. because he's a starting point guard now again in the NBA. He made he made some noise, you know. So uh, he he was regulated to the bench and a little bit uh, two guard because of Kemba and Kemba's the man there. I think that's a good situation for him though. Like I think Lynn's the type of guy who needs another guy that plays point a lot too. Uh, you know, and maybe he can switch to two a little bit or come up the bench or things like that. I don't know, you know. Well, I think the Nets would give him money and they would be familiar with the coach that he worked with, Kenny Atkinson, um, when he was on the Knicks. All right. So we'll see how that plays oh, out. That would be cool if he goes to the, the Nets. Um, but uh, Insanity Part 2. And who did you? Who else did you just say before was going to come? Oh, oh. so what if they do get they get Lynn and uh, Conley and they, get, they recreate the – the two-team point guard or the, well, the tag see, team Con- situation. Conley's a different point guard from Kemba. Kemba's a scoring point guard. Right. Conley's a better distributor, ball manager. So you can have, uh, you know, Lynn, who's 6'7". People forget how tall he is. He's, you know, he's a tall guy. He's 6'7". Oh, yeah, that's taller than I thought he was, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, so, like, he he's tall, and he can play a shooting guard, and he can guard shooting guards. Maybe not that well, but he can guard him at least, so... We'll see how that plays out. Um, what about the eulogy for, we mentioned them, the Frank Vogel list. The Pacers. Pacers. Yeah. What, you, what do you say about them? Project? They also kind of choked. Um, you know, so they were up um, big against the Raptors and what game, I guess, would have been. What did that series go? Uh, I think it's game five. They were up. They were going to take a Five, they were up big, yeah. Commanding 3-2 lead, yeah. Get into that 80% bracket, and then they really choked it away and lost to the Raptors, and then the Raptors won game six. So Yeah. And now the Raptors are fighting against, uh, you know, we'll talk about it a little. They're up 3-2, obviously, right now against the Heat. Yeah, they are the North. They are the North. Yeah. We'll talk about that North later, uh, as we'll have a second back half. I, we didn't drop this in then. We'll talk about a little, little got a little Game of Thrones after we finish the NBA talk. But let's oh, get- that's right, the North. Yes, uh, winter's coming. A Raptors uh, Eastern Conference Finals is coming. Well, we'll see. But yeah, the, so the Pacers. Um, Paul George had a great turnaround year after his not turnaround from you know that he had a down year. The down year was his catastrophic injury. Right. Came back great, you know. We t- we alluded to it a little bit before. Their the coaching and and uh, what they wanted matchup wise or position wise was a little off all year or is different. So and they had some issues. I mean, I like their Miles um, Turner, that rookie they had, played well this year. He surprised me a bit. Had a good playoff series too yeah. for the most part. Um, 
Yeah, and that game that uh, what Solomon Hill had that three pointer that would have been for the win, the tie or the win. I can't remember. Now. I think it was for the tie. Yeah. For the tie, and he made it, but he was just too slow, and, and that's right. kind of uh, emblematic of their playoffs there, all, all right there. I would say. Do you think uh, so? Obviously, uh, you know they they made a good effort. Do you think the Pacers will return to the playoffs or? Well, with this Vogel, you know, we don't know who the coach is going to be. Yeah. Now, I, I, it's hard to say. With Paul George being one of the better players in the league, he should be able to take you there, eight, seven seed again. But you know, it's at this point, I wouldn't be able to say it right now. Yeah. All right. Well, R.I.P. to the Pacers season, um, and uh, and also Frank Vogel's, uh, I guess, uh, Vogelness, is if that's a, a verb or. Vogelness? Are you just trying to make a pun here? What's going on? No, his vogelness was the reason. Oh, vogelness, guy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, all right, so who else got who else got the death card? Uh, well, now we're in, we're now we're in round two, so I guess you got to eulogize what happened last night with the Blazers are done for now. Yeah, so Steph came back in game four, and then yeah, Blazers get yeah Blazers. I mean, Dame Lillard is a beast. I mean, that you can't you can't deny. I I get. I get more and more upset about Dane Lillard now. I'm sure a lot of Nets fans do. Uh, they traded that pick to, for Jared Wallace, um, and that ended up being Dane oh, Lillard. Oh, right. Yeah, and it's not it's Ouch. not that it's not the fact that uh, because if it was a straight up trade for Jared Wallace for Dane Lillard, then I'd be more upset. Um, but we didn't know who, what would happen in the draft, right? So you can't really play that that card. It was up. like it was like when the Clippers traded their pick for. Um, uh, What's his name? Baron Davis, and then that pick ended up being Kyrie Irving for the Cavs, yeah, in the draft. Right. So, like, you can't you can't really fault uh, what could have been, should have been at that point. So, I, I I let it go, but I do love Dame Lillard. He's such a uh, a must see uh, attraction to watch in the NBA. He was pl- he was doing a lot of stuff that were I would say not similar to Steph Curry, but just as good in terms of crossovers, fadeaways, uh, scoring buckets, passing. I would say he's more of a um, definitely like a, a better defender than Steph Curry is. Oh, uh, he definitely is. I yeah, say. he's not great still, but he's better. Than, I mean, Steph is one of the worst defenders probably, so it's not hard. Right. Um, but but... He, kudos to him. Kudos to Crab, uh, Michael Crab, Plumley killing it with assists. Uh, and yeah, that, that Blazers team was a lot of fun to watch. I wish they were playing yeah. like uh, a different, maybe in a, a different team, maybe the Thunder. That would be exciting. Um, but I think it, well, then we would have Spurs Warriors in this round and now we might not get it at all, you know, but yeah, uh, my prediction might be not be, uh, accurate. Uh, so well, yeah, let's finish up the West. Yeah, but so yeah, with the Blazers, yeah, Lillard had especially that great game three ended up being their only win, but yeah, Curry comes back game four, takes him to overtime, has those heroics that I avoided, like I said, but, and I didn't watch any of Game Five at all yesterday, but uh, obviously Warriors won, and Blazers overachieved a little bit this season, I guess you would say, though, right? Yeah, from what they're expected. Can they least. build on that and uh, and do some damage next year? Uh, I think they can. Yeah, uh, I don't see why not. They're not losing any big piece, right? They're only going to be building. Yeah, they can. And only... Lillard's going to be angry. He's going to be out for blood. I think he's that type of guy wants to get up there. So we'll see. Yeah, I think they can only add more talent, especially being on a national stage. I think free agents will be like, "Oh, yeah, that team is dope. Let me let me jump on that ship." You know. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, yes. You got, you got a team to eulogize. Well, let's let's just finish. If I could audible here, let's finish off the West talk play up round two right now. So okay. we got the other series still going on. Yeah. Yeah. Thunder are up three two. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
like that's why I just said we might not even get Warriors Spurs at all now because if that 80%, I mean, maybe the 80% stat will fail me yet again and I'll look the fool yet again in this episode. But as it seems right now, Thunder going to win this series. I certainly think the Spurs still could come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Thunder are looking right. The Spurs are choking a bit and uh, maybe getting some bad calls against them too, whatnot. But, uh, it could be Thunder Warriors here, huh? See, I don't know. See, I don't know if you're saying the Spurs are choking. I don't know if they're choking as much as I think Westbrook and Durant are just playing on a ridiculous level that's not not guardable anymore. Like they tried yeah. fouling Westbrook last game, and they couldn't even do that because he's just so strong, like built like a running back, that he was able to go to the rim and get it and win and finish the game that way. Like it's right. insane. I guess maybe choking's too harsh. I don't. I know. I didn't mean it defensively. I, I meant offensively. Aldridge the past couple of games hasn't played that great, right. missing a lot of shots. Right. Their shooters are making shots right now, and um, you know, uh, you know, Tony Parker had one really great game, and they won that one and all that. But it's not been consistent. So, and combined with some calls, some close calls, really going against their way. Right. Yeah, the whole thing where waiters shoved on in bad pass. That was great. Called. Game that was great. That was <laughs> some questionable calls at the end of game five yeah. the other day. So, yeah. it's shape. I mean, do you think if you had a bet on it right now, you think the Spurs come back and win this in seven, or are they? Well, are that's we done. That's tonight on TNT. Uh, yeah, game six. The only game. I, I'm gonna be watching that whole thing. The, the whole series has been riveting. I think. Um, I think you're predicting the Thunder wrap it up tonight. I think that if they do wrap it up, um, it will have to be not a close game. It'll have to be like a kind of a demolishing scene, a murderous scene, and the Thunder have to blow them out. If if the game is close, I think the NBA needs to have more TV time. Uh, Conspiracy wise, I think the calls will. You think the refs are going to go against? Yeah, man. To set up a game seven for the weekend, why? Why wouldn't they do that? You know. Well, I I guess yeah. I mean, I certainly can't see the Spurs getting blown out in game six, so it might happen. Yeah. But in game seven, you think then the Spurs would be back on the advantage and get the win, or Thunder got enough to pull it out? Yeah, I don't. I don't think home court plays more advantage once you pass game five. You know, like I think it's just the, the teams that are. Uh, on a momentum and how they're playing. Like, for example, you mentioned that shooters are streaky for the Spurs, and the fact that Tim Duncan was uh, a zero point for the first time in his career, uh, playoff-wise, and Charles Barkley, which says some stupid stuff, but I think he said the most valid thing. They got to bench Duncan and play Aldridge, you know, more. Um, Or David West, David West, uh, because he's not producing. He's not adding any value to the team anymore, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that that could – if they lose tonight – uh, that could be Duncan's last game ever in San Antonio the other night. Yeah, yeah. Which would be a bad way to go out, but it could happen. Um, and But, yeah, with home court, I was going to say, uh, you know, Spurs probably have the best in After losing only one game all year at home to the Warriors, they now lost two in a row at home. So uh, was it two in a row at home? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, not two in a row, I guess, but they lost two games in the series. So that's uh, – yeah, maybe it won't be anything for Game Seven. Um, but so moving to the East, then or yeah, more to yeah, yeah, no, no, I got, I got nothing more. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm excited to see how. And I, I did like the look of all the Spurs fans' faces after. I'm really rooting for OKC because hmm. I feel like Spurs. You can't. Uh, there's a general rule. Like I, I think if you're a fan of a sports team and you're champ, you, you've won a championship at least within five year window. 
Uh, you can't complain about shit, you know, like yeah, they've won like three years ago and then they won the two years before that. And then yeah. like, like, yeah, their team is good and they're only going to get better. Kawhi is going to turn into a mega superstar again next year. And LaMarcus will be Kawhi LaMarcus team complete, completely next year, I think, you know. Yeah. So, we'll see. But, oh, yeah. Like we said with our predictions, we both had right Spurs Cavs, right? Yeah, but kind of going I, against the grain, but, but now I mean, I wanted yeah. I wanted Warriors Cavs. I said I want this is what I want. This is what I'm predicting. So my wanting, I guess, is going to override. Hopefully, I don't know. We'll see. Oh. And what I wanted was Thunder Cavs because I thought that's the best matchup for the Cavs of the three West teams. Could still happen now, but I mean that Thunder, that potential Thunder Warriors finals. I mean it's going to be tough. I mean, uh, you know, I don't like the Thunder to come out of that one, but if they somehow did, I mean. Things couldn't really be falling better for for my Cavs here. That will be the most exciting Western Conference Finals, I say, in a, in a long ass time. Like if you got the Thunder playing the Warriors, have either you... way, either whatever happens, it's going to be one of the best in a while, right? No, I, I know that, but like, I mean, Spurs Spurs Warriors also a lot of good TV. But like, did you watch the games in the regular season? Like how crazy, like Seth oh, Curry yeah. shot. And like near half court to win the game, like that's fucking insane. Like th- that will be a that will be like the must see. That will get more ratings, obviously, than the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm sorry to say. Oh no, man, I can't wait. Well, let's talk Eastern Conference. So yeah, Hawks done again. Cavs swept them, like we said. They're on the off week now, basically. Second year in a row, Hawks got swept by the Cavs in the in the playoffs. Last year was the Eastern Conference Finals. This year is the round before, but yeah. The Hawks just couldn't match up well enough against the Cavs. They don't have that superstar player that they need. Right. They lost. There's a lot of talk about blowing the team up, kind of, even at this point. Are they going to resign Horford? What are they going to do? All this, but. Well, this is what happened last time. Um, they were getting in the second round with the Horford, the Joe Johnson, Josh Smith team, right? They're just constantly yep. getting in the second round, getting swept. Or that's the Hawks. You know, well, that team didn't even get out of the first round. Usually, oh, right, right. Yeah. I would say even so this the... is a little better, but yeah. Right, right. So they made a little bit of improvement. Um. I think it's. I think they should blow it up. And there was already talks. I think of they can't see Schroeder coming off the bench and Teague starting, or Schroeder starting and Teague coming off the bench. So they have to choose who they who's going to they're going to resign or who they're going to promote to that point guard, and then go from there um, and see if they're going to resign Hofer too. Uh, Paul Millsap's yeah. a must resign, I think, though. Yeah, he's probably their best player, but. A team with Paul Millsup as your best player, it's hard to make it to the conference finals, you know? Yeah. Um, like, he would be the third or even fourth best player in the Cavs. You think so. this team is cursed? It's a curse of Danny Ferry? Uh, maybe. I mean, it, it was before he even got there, though, that these whole things were going on, right? So I don't know if we can blame it on that. Uh, someone put an African curse on Danny Ferry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think it's just, that's just the way it is with... I mean, it's they've had like you said. There's been two cycles of this at this point. But if you don't have that superstar, it's hard to make it to the finals and especially win the finals. Of course, right. and LeBron has just dominated the Eastern Conference the past decade. He really has. He's been. He's gonna presumably again knock on all types of wood. I don't think they're gonna lose to either the Heat or the Raptors. We'll talk about that series right now. But whoever it's gonna be, I, the Cavs are gonna go back to the finals unless something crazy happens. In all likelihood, so. And that'll be, you know, his uh, sixth finals appearance in a row and all that. So, I mean, it's hard for a team like Atlanta that's a mid-level good team to bypass. And when we're talking about those type of teams, let's get into Raptors. Um, uh, sorry, Raptors Heat right now. Yeah. 
So last night the Raptors took care of business at home. Um, now they're in the eighty percentile. We'll see. They're up three two in the series, and the Raptors are definitely proving uh, they can come come out of slumps. Uh, all the all the players are playing really well, even with a couple injuries. Demar Carroll uh, injured his wrist last night, um, and then Valanciunas injured himself um, last the game before. Uh, but the Heat also banged up. They got Whiteside and Dang injuring his ankle. So yeah, a lot of injuries in the series, and this has just been a rock fight of a series. Like this isn't an enjoyable one. You think this has been an enjoyable one to watch? Or? I mean, it's not. It's not enjoyable if, if as long. It's not enjoyable in the sense that um, pure basketball and seeing a lot of like up and down action and and you know a lot because you have these stars that are not stars, are just players that are injured. But I would say it is enjoyable in the fact that. I think both teams are equally paired uh, against each other, even with Chris Bosh being out. Uh, even with I, all these injuries. Now. Right, yeah. right. It, which is sad to say. You know, if Toronto is needing to put, like, DeRozan and Lowry to get 40 points each or 30 points each for them to beat the Heat, and that's what it's going to take, there's no chance in hell they stand against the Cavs. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, no. Here, I, I think, uh, to predict, I think if it's the Raptors, which looks like it will be, Cavs might sweep again. The Heat, to get it done in seven, maybe they get one game, a five-game series for the Cavs, and they lose one on a crazy Wade game, something like that. But either way, unless the, you know, again, I'm knocking wood all over today for my Cavs, but unless they get some type of major injury, like, they, none of these teams are going to be able to compete with them, especially with the, you know, offensive onslaught they're putting on right now. Yeah. Right. I mean. Right. And the Raptors. They so they they did end up winning game five yesterday, but they almost blew it again. They did blow it in game four. They keep going up these big leads, and mm-hmm. then they always the Heat have always closed it toward then. So the Raptors just cannot really struggle hanging on and blow, uh, blowing a team out, let alone you know getting a nice ten point victory or something like that. So I could see this going to seven easily. I mean, no, that's what I'm, I'm predicting. I don't think Dwayne Wade's been fucking playing like a like a beast of a like a twenty five year old superstar again. All over again, but he's not doing. Joe Johnson's been struggling. Like if Joe Johnson picks up his game a little bit, and during the regular season he was averaging like twenty-two, five and seven. He was back to Joe Johnson form. I don't know if Miles is catching up to him or whatever. Joe Johnson's never been that. Cl- I mean, I think we've debated this before, and I'm a little harder on Johnson career-wise than you are, but he he's not a clutch guy like that in his career. He's not. You want him to come in for Miami, and I mean, obviously, I don't want him, but you, the Royal, you want him to come in, right? make a couple of those big clutch shots, even right. like a J.R. Smith type of shots. They're not the same type of player, but you know what I right. mean. Like right, right, right. Make one or two daggers. of those big threes or daggers. something daggers. Yeah. And yeah. he does not consist, at least certainly not consistently, but he barely just does that. So, I mean. Well, he does it during the regular season. That's for sure. But he, he has the I'm most, talking playoff-wise. He has the most game-winning shots like in the fourth quarter during the regular season than I think LeBron, Carmelo. He beats all the players. There's a stat about it. Yeah. LeBron's I'm, not hype on the list of fourth quarter. I mean, I prefer personally Kyrie taking the last shot or something but but yeah I, yeah but yeah i guess yeah, i'm talking playoffs right playoff wise you know. has always been an enigma for joe johnson um so that being said uh he's he's also trying to transition into a new team that he was played for two teams this year i right. think i think that the, the weight on him has been a little bit too much than he expected i think they expected bosh maybe to be back or our, our players to step up. Luol Deng was stepping up against the Hornets, but then he kind of got He's, injured again. Yeah, that last game, yeah. So uh, so we'll see. I, I think Dwayne Wade will have a, like a 40-point game tonight or something. Will not let the Heat lose at home. It's going to go game seven. And then once it goes game seven, so, 
Toronto, anything's up for grabs, I think. So Yeah. So, no, that game's tomorrow, Friday. And then if it goes to Game 7, right. I assume that would be Sunday. So the, Cav- the Eastern Conference Finals might not start till next Tuesday. Is that right? I mean, like. No, if not going to go Sunday to Monday, right? Start right away, right? I mean, that's oh no, no, yeah, it's true. Tuesday would be the soonest. uh... So I need the Raptors to just close this stupid thing out already. Even though I guess Heat Cavs is a sexier matchup or whatever, but so your impatience is causing you to think of uh, I'm impatient enough. Ridiculous uh, motivation here. I I would never want if I was a Cleveland Cavs fan. I would want this to go to Game Seven. I would want both of them to go to triple overtime. I would want them to stretch it, be so Maybe. tired. I mean, look, I, that's what I want for the Western Conference Finals teams for sure. I want that. But these Heat and Raptors teams are already beat up enough, and they were the bad. And the Cavs had a big advantage over them. At, and in any case, you know, so you think- maybe not the Heat if Bosch and everyone was healthy. But you know, either right. way, like it's not at this point. I mean, do you see any way either of these teams beats the Cavs? No, no, I don't. And I, I think I think that's where your logic, I guess, is, is solid on that end because me and you both agree that the, this, the Cavs are going to sweep whoever, or maybe gentlemen sweep whoever. I think if it's the Heat, it'll be a gentleman sweep. Um, or maybe yeah, even the That's Raptors. what I just predicted, but yeah. Right. Maybe so, the Raptors got one. And they did pretty well against the Cavs this year, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll definitely, uh, by next week, we'll know who the – the conference finals are who's going to be the winning teams. We'll have some eulogies for these yeah. teams. Uh, anything else you got there? No, well, Padnam, I mean, we may not necessarily NBA wise, but I may not have Cavs to watch this Sunday again. But what are you going to do on Sunday? At then? least I got those thrones for myself, man. We our last pod we caught up on episode one. Now the two and three have gone by. We're waiting for episode four this Sunday. And how you've watched it all, right? I have watched it all. Uh, I didn't watch Game of Thrones episode three. I had a lot of patience. I didn't watch it till Tuesday night. Oh, uh, well, it should be fresh, then. it's Thursday right now. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that that's I'm so reliving a little bit of that episode, and it was a pretty good one. I thought probably the best one yet. I think each I each know. episode has gotten better uh, as yeah. it's gone on, but. Anything from two you want to recap? Real well, quick? a lot of big things happened in two. Some I liked, some I didn't. But two, I was surprised with episode two how many big events happened that I wasn't expecting for episode two in the season. A lot of main characters or major characters died in that one. A lot of things. So, yeah, now I'm trying to remember what happened in that. Well, at the end of it was the whole Jon Snow comes back to life thing. Right. Right. How that went down, I had some issues with. We'll see. It could get resolved in later. Some things of my issues could get resolved in later episodes. My main issue was they had Sir Onion Nightwright be the one to convince the Red Witch, Mount Sandra, to revive him. That didn't really feel right. He'd always been against magic and everything like that. His character. Also, he he never heard about people being brought back to life, even though they showed it other times in the series. Right. So it didn't really feel right he, to be the character to do that. I see why they wanted him to be the one, because he's one of the major characters up in that storyline now. and It just didn't feel quite right to well, me, but... Well, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you because I think it, the reason why uh, – maybe the inconsistency, I, I agree with on that. But I think it was a good move by the producers and director because, like you said, he didn't – he doesn't really acknowledge magic and stuff. But he basically went up to her and said, Melisandre, he's like, I don't know what the fuck you could do, but fucking do something. I, I'm done. I'm done with this. And then and then the same thing happened you know, when, when she did it. He he was he wasn't like shocked by it. He was like, "All right, we we tried everything. Let's just mail it in um, and just figure out how we're gonna kill, uh, survive this, and and move on from 
this whole mess that Jon Snow, uh, I guess, started or created or whatever. I guess. I mean, I think they could have set it up a little better with an extra scene or two. Maybe they don't have time for that. But to get get him more on that path. Also, he should have been – I don't know. I want him to say something now like, oh, let's go find Stannis' body and revive him or whatever. Like he switched his allegiance to Jon Snow pretty quick, even if you know – and he still doesn't know what, that the witch burned Shireen and all that, I guess. But I figure he's going to be upset about that well, when he finds out. But – yeah, he moved on a little too quick, and you know, bringing the body into the room, it felt more like it had to happen for the plot than it made sense for the character. Do you, you know? think? Do you think it's because uh, Sir Onion Knight suffers from seasonal depression? He's just like in the cold right now. He can't really like, uh, you know, feel <laughs> feel warm about anything. He's just like, fuck. There's not just death and misery around me, and the White Walkers are coming. Fuck all this shit. And, you know, like, well, yeah, maybe if he was like, oh yeah, start a fire for me, let's burn him all that. Then yeah, maybe that would make sense. But that's not what happened. Right. Um, what about Jon Snow, though? We'll, we'll just combine these two episodes, the plot lines that happened. Yeah, that makes I sense. I did like what happened makes then. Sense. He comes yeah. back. He says there was no, he saw nothing. Um, he seemed to be kind of the same, a little bit different. Maybe he d- didn't end up killing all the stabbers or four of the stabbers, the characters we knew at least. The little Ali got it. He got hung. Alistair Thorne got hung. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Did you think he wasn't going to do it at the end of that episode? I thought there was – and I think they did this really, really, really well. Uh, the way they showed it and the way they showed him cutting the rope, I thought he was going to maybe save Ollie in the last second. And that right. was only I think one. I saw a lot of people saying that. Right. I wasn't sure myself. Right. But I think if he did that, then – uh, instead of doing that, he was like, fuck it. I'm done with everything. You know, as he cut the rope, he saw Ollie like, uh, in like blue face basically, um, uh, and dead and, and hung up now. <laughs> yeah, Ollie, grisly. I mean, Ollie could have been dead a thousand times over. So I don't feel that sympathetic, uh, to this little boy. And plus he was a, the one that shot Ingrid. People forget yeah. that stuff, you know, but she did kill his dad and all those wildlings killed his family. So I do get. I understand why the character. I understand why he went down the wrong path, like he did. Right, made sense logically, but you know he just picked the wrong what, side. Was there. it the wrong path, or was it the path that he he needed? It, it was obviously the wrong path for him, considering he got killed now. But you right. know, um, and went against our boy Jon Snow. But it made sense that he would hate the Wildlings that much because they basically ruined his life. But what was Jon Snow? Lets them all in the gate. My favorite part about the storyline uh, was when Sir Arya Knight was talking to him and saying, like, does it fucking matter that you just saw Blackness, that you're alive again? Who gives a fuck? Let's just move on, you know? Like, yeah, because Onion Knight's an atheist, and he probably got and he probably got that confirmed when Jon Snow said there's nothing, like, there is no gods. I mean, do you think, it does seem like there is really no gods or anything, right? Maybe there's magic and stuff, but there's no actual, like, the Septon and all that, that plot line, he's, like, so convinced about the seven, the seven, the faith of the seven, all the gods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that faith is probably the closest analogy to something like we have religions in the world today. Right, right. Like the old gods aren't really like that. That's like more mystical. And then right. the red red god has uh, Melisandre's god. The red god has some parallels to some religions today. But H- Hinduism, you know, the probably. magic actually, yeah. yeah. Hinduism, I don't know. I don't think Hindus burn people alive and all that. So, but no, no, not um, burn them alive. But I'm talking about reincarnation and uh, reincarnation. Maybe if that's what that's considered, what they're doing. But the the seven religion that has taken over King's Landing now feels like the very um kind of like Christianity or something like that. Yeah. Are they? Wait, ha- we, wait sorry. Are they having sex with little boys or not? No, I mean uh, that's not been confirmed. Maybe, maybe some hypocrites in there are. I, I don't think like the main sparrow is or anything like that. I think they are just trying to. I think 
he's just like a real zealot. I mean, it, he obviously is power hungry. He wanted to take the power for their, their church right. over the state, and he succeeded in doing it so far. Um, but to me, he seems like a true believer. Like he really does want to convert everyone to this religion, kill or get people out of the way that aren't down with it. I don't know. I mean, what what do you think is going to happen? We have the whole reincarnated mountain guy, another reincarnation kind of thing. Sir Gregor is uh, Frank and Gregor, so you think that's is that setting up for a whole fight between all that? It seems like. Well, obviously, I mean, I'm not spoiler alert, but just based on the scenes you saw, like uh, coming in the scenes of the this Game of Thrones, you do see a little bit of a battle between, like the trailer, you mean? Right, exactly, exactly. So, like you know, you know that's coming. Um, Most fans would already assume that. I think the main thing here is, uh, I think the the relationships between the Lannisters right now um, are really everywhere, um, but they're together in a way, you know, and I could see how um, they need to unify. Maybe they were, you know, they were wrong about uh, fucking up against the, um, you know, uh, not Jon Snow's one. Uh, why can't I remember? Starks? Starks. Yeah. I think they are wrong for turning their backs on the Starks. And then maybe they're realizing that because they're create, they've created more enemies by following their dad's wishes. So really it's about Cersei um, and her husband, boyfriend, uh, brother. Um, I don't want Jamie and Cersei to be together like this, though. They need to get separated. Like, Jamie is on a good path, kind of getting away from his bad ways, being away from Cersei. But now he's back with her and their daughter dies and all this. Like, I don't want them... They're bad together. I want Jamie to be a more of a good guy and Cersei to get hers, even though I do want her to wipe out the faith. But after that, to get hers. But yeah. What do you think about that? You they, want them to be together, though? Uh, I don't care about them being together. I don't think it's really going to be um, a long-term thing. Maybe if it is. Um, but it, it's really about uh, them. Cersei's trying to redeem herself a little bit more. So is the king, uh, Tomlin, little King Tomlin. Well, know? he has no chance. I mean, the, the Sparrow's already getting him. He's manipulating. some kind of track, uh, trick or something, which I don't think it is. Tomlin really is just going to get manipulated again. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, we, we're kind of running a little low on time here, uh, but uh, and there's too much Thrones to talk about. But yeah, let's go one thing. I, let's uh, one, one more thing that I want to. That's one of the more interesting storylines. It's going to tie back into Jon Snow too. We did see in the season trailers like a battle which seemed to be between the Boltons and the Wildlings and crazy battle like that, right? So the Boltons, so Ramsay in episode two killed Roos's dad and yeah. fed it, Walden and the baby to the dogs. That crazy scene. I was upset about that a little bit, like. And this is also because I've read the books, and in the books, I don't feel like R- Ramsey would ever kill. Roos would never be dumb enough to get killed by Ramsey. Like Roos is one of the smartest characters in the books. Right. He's really devious. All this, and I understand why they did it like that in the show. They they need to move these plot lines lying fast. You know. Right. Right. Shortcuts. Um, Greyjoy guy also got killed in that episode, and we won't even get into all that right now. But that was another big death, even though I hadn't been much of a character in recent seasons. Right. But so whatever. I wasn't happy with it. It. it it was another gap in logic to me that Roos would be dumb enough to say, oh, I've got this new baby. He's going to replace you. Yeah, now you're going to get stabbed right there. And it, it, in the book, like, people always have guards around them and things. Like, thing, easy deaths like that don't happen as much. But I, I understand it. So, But that, that to say, they're setting up. The Boltons are getting their people around now. It's gonna, it seems like Sansa's going to go to the wall, it seems like, with Brienne or whatever. Her and John, I assume, are going to meet up. They're going to rally the, the wildlings and the rest of the north, and it's going to be a battle for Winterfell, right? Yeah. That's where you think it's going. And a, a long-lost character returned in episode three, our old boy Reconnaissance Stark. Yep. 
Yep. And is sadly seems to be in the hands of Ramsey Bond. Oh no. Well, I mean, he was nice enough. Ramsey was nice enough to say welcome home. I mean, he's got some manners. The welcome home, Lord Stock. Yeah. But the Umber guy was not nice enough to behead Shaggy Dog. We got another dog down, another wolf down. Ugh. I know a lot of people were furious about this one. They hate to see him die. Yeah. I mean, uh, killing those dire wolves is like it's like killing, uh, for me, it's like seeing a, a Yukon Bob Husky. Dog. Yeah. Oh, Bob, Yukon Husky. <laughs> yeah. Just get the X. Like, Jonathan the Husky is our mascot. I was like, no, not Jonathan again. Um, and I think I think the Ramsey's uh, storyline, obviously, you have to have the most uh, villainous person after King Joffrey is dead. Like, they're building Ramsey as that person uh, yeah. to be that. I feel like people liked Joffrey more, though. Like, they love to hate Joffrey. And I think a lot of people, fans, are sick of Ramsey at this point. They just want him to get out of there. And I don't know, Rick Hanasan Stark is probably in big trouble now. Do you think he's going to survive or, or he's another casualty of the Starks? Um, I think uh, he's definitely going to be losing a dick or so. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, um, but he will not be dead. Uh, I think they have to hold him as leverage. Uh, For now, at least. I don't think he's going to get right. killed next episode or something. But I don't think he'll think be killed. In, season, I don't think he'll be killed until, uh, yeah, maybe till the end of the season or and it won't be Brand Stark, so one more Stark has to go, right? And it's got to. Well, Brand's not gonna die. I don't think. I don't and, see that happening. But he's that, not there. Right. Exactly. Um, but we should go to Brand scenes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was trying to wrap it up because we need to get this go, or I need to get going. But um, yeah, that that is important. Brand's back this season. He was in episode one, so we didn't talk about him. But in the last two episodes, he's been having these flashbacks. Right. With the three-eyed crow old guy right. in the cave. Right. The first one, he saw young his father and aunt and uncle young and hodor turns out to be his name is willis really willis, willis. Yeah, yeah so they're probably setting that up to reveal what happened to hodor i guess right then last episode we got a crazy scene where uh this was something kind of out of the books in the book ned stark is dreaming and remembers the sequence right and then and something happens in that tower the bookers don't even we we think we know what it is but it's not explicitly been stated in the books and then the the raven guy even cut us off and did it didn't let us or Brand see what was in the tower yet. I assume that's coming later this season. But that's do you know what, what's in there? What do you think? His sister, right? It's Well, yeah, Ned's sister does appear to be in there. But who else might be in there? Or what, what's going on? Rhaegar Targaryen, right? Rhaegar's dead at this point. So uh-huh. he came up and he said, and Ned says, the Mad King is dead. Oh, it's John. Rhaegar's dead. It's Jon Snow. Right. and the, But even though Ray, those two Kingsguard guys, which were two of the baddest-ass guys, or one of them was at least, weren't with the king or the prince, Right. guarding them they're guarding this tower right so why would they be doing that because Rhaegar I guess wanted them to guard Lyanna we're gonna find out his child we're gonna find out Jon Snow was a dragon right that's right he's a dra- a wolf dragon he's both okay nice that's that's what he's I'm looking dead for. back to life all right. right yeah so there's other plot lines we got to talk more about it next episode next right. week but for sure. uh for sure but yeah let's uh you know what is dead may never die what pot is ended may never be ended for good yeah, but it, it, my part on this is ended for good right now, Pod Nam. So I need you to wrap up episode ninety-one. You mean the the Dennis Rodman episode? That's right, the Rodman. And I'm doing like a John Snow. I'm saying my my pod is ended. I'm dropping the mic and walking off. Oh, right. there there he goes, folks. There, Peace into the wind, into the north. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this podcast, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Catch us on the iTunes, subscribe, Pod Boys production. You can type that in, Brooklyn Rebound, Mr. Relevant, all that is on there. Uh, hit us up at Gmail, Pod Boys Productions, Pod Boys with a Z uh, at gmail.com. And then uh, catch us 
next week as we do another cast of these NBA thrones. Watch them. Just watch them. All right, guys. Good day, Brooklyn. Peace out. Let's go Nets. Free by.